0: Every business has 10 problems at any given time that need to be solved. And the way we solve our problems is by asking questions and getting answers that help us to get to the next step, to get into action and try things. Because we can't just solve problems in thought, we need to actually take action. And to help you get into action, to help you feel confident and provide clarity so you know what to do next, I am hosting two free, completely free, live Ask Me Anything sessions on May 21st and May 22nd. They are divided by pre-launch. If you haven't launched yet, I'll take questions about that. And then post-launch, if you have a business and you're ready to grow it, or maybe you have questions about whether you checked all the boxes correctly, I'll focus on those questions. And to register totally free, you go to foodbizsuccess.com forward slash AMA 2024. Get yourself registered. You can come to one or both of them, and it's a way for you to get to know me And my expertise after working with hundreds of packaged food brands and helping them launch and scale to 100K and beyond, this is a great way for you to come and ask that burning question so you get an answer and can move forward and get more success more quickly. When we get into motion and action, we see success and we get momentum. So come join me. Get yourself registered. The link is also below in the description. See you there. Welcome to your food business success. This podcast is for early stage entrepreneurs in the packaged food industry ready to finally turn that delicious idea into reality. I'm your host, Sari Kimball. I have guided hundreds of food brand founders to success as an industry expert and business coach, and it's got to be fun. In this podcast, I share with you mindset tools to become a true entrepreneur and run your business like a boss. Interviews with industry experts to help you understand the business you are actually in and food founder journeys so you can learn what worked and didn't work and not feel so alone in your own journey. Now let's jump in. Welcome back to the podcast. So glad you are here with me today. This episode was an amazing one for me to record and i really think it's going to be one of those episodes where you're like oh my life before this and then after and i think you're going to think about things a little bit differently and i really hope give you some perspective and honestly it comes at the perfect time if you are listening to this on the tuesday that it airs that means that we are just 2 days away from the hard times ahead call and this is a call with me where I am going to talk with you about some mindset tools to help you manage these challenging times, especially around price increases and also some strategy to, to implement in your business that I think will help you once we calm down <laughs> our systems a little bit for you to actually make smart decisions that are going to set you up for long-term success. So I hope you will join me on that call. The link is in the show notes, or you can go to foodbizsuccess.com forward slash times. And this call is totally free. It's something that is in response to members and one-on-one clients sending me emails of panic and worry. And I wanted to give this gift to everyone. And the reason why I say it's such a perfect link with this episode, so I am talking with a coach colleague of mine, Kathy Zhang, and she is a palliative care doctor. Those kinds of doctors are very special to me in my heart. These physicians really help people who are receiving a terminal illness diagnosis and help the families make decisions. So in my case, unfortunately, my father never woke up from um, the brain scan that they did. And so we met with a palliative care doctor, physician, who really helped us as a family to navigate that and make the decisions. And I really credit well both my father having a living will really was very helpful, but then also that physician to really keep us together as a family and make that time as relatively easy as as possible. Um, Certainly a lot less stressful than it could have been. And so you might be asking yourself, what on earth does this have to do with starting a packaged food business? Well, I am definitely a a real believer, as I have embraced entrepreneurship, that stoicism has really helped me to ground myself and to give me some perspective. And so stoicism, I guess, in its essence is really a a philosophy, a practice of of allowing and it is what it is and and just not resisting things so much. And there is a phrase in Stoicism called memento mori. And this is an ancient Stoic term for keeping death always on your mind to fully value and appreciate this moment. I just think that there is a lot of value to be gained, not in a morbid sense, not like panicky, like I could die at any moment, but uh, keeping it there on your mind to give you perspective that this life is really short. We actually don't have that much time. And we're really just like little blips, <laughs> like in the 13.8 billion years that the earth has been around, right? And Kathy has an amazing podcast called The Purpose Filter that I started listening to. She's in a, a mastermind group that I'm in and I just really love her podcast. I've gotten a lot from it. And so I, I want to share this with you, these concepts with you. And again, I think it's actually perfect timing. I know we're all feeling some heightened anxiety and, you know, nerves and, and worry as we head into the rest of this year as we're still dealing with inflation and and that can really be wreaking havoc on your business. So I really hope this uh, podcast is helpful for you. And please do get yourself registered for that call, or you will be able to access the replay for 48 hours. So it's foodbizsuccess.com forward slash hard times. And without further ado, on with the podcast interview. All right, Kathy, I'm so excited that you're here today. Um, welcome to the podcast. Thank you so much. Sarah. So excited to be here for having me on. I'm excited about our conversation today. I think it can definitely will will go in a couple different directions, but, as I mentioned to you um before we start recording, I just want to thank you for the work that you do in the world and other palliative care uh, doctors out there. It's something you hope nobody ever needs, but um we you know we worked with one uh, when my father had a stroke, and we had to take him off life support and man. 11 bodies trying to make decisions, uh, for somebody on life support. Um, I'm so grateful for, for that doctor. So thank you for doing the work that you do in the world. Thank you. And, you know, I, I can't imagine
1: what you all went through, but, you know, we're just happy to support you all, um, during those challenging times. So thank you for sharing that.
0: Yeah. All right. So let's talk about your experience um, and what you see. I, I did a um, episode 97. I did a podcast about using regret to make decisions. And so from your lens, what do, what do people regret the most? And then what are some um, tools and strategies that you offer people based on your experience? Yeah, totally. It's a great question. I was going to mention that too,
1: because I was listening back and I was like, oh, this is a great episode. Um, Because we do commonly see regret at the end of life. And some of the most common ones that I see are like people who feel like they didn't do everything in their power to live the life that they really wanted. You know, I think a lot of people, it's really easy when you're, I don't know, working a nine to five or you're just going about your daily routine to just get stuck in this autopilot cycle. And then you wake up one day and you're like, oh my God, or something happens that jolts you out of it. And you're like, what what am I doing? Is this really the life that I wanna live? Am I doing something that's meaningful? Am I doing something that is fulfilling to me? Am I doing something that I'm passionate about? and i think your listeners can relate to that too especially if they're either early on their journey or they haven't quite started and they're thinking like should i do this should i go into this should i should i and there's that fear that's so strong when we're pursuing you know starting a business or starting something new or making a transition and i think a lot of people get caught up in that and then the regret piece is so powerful to be like okay well in my in my head in this future version of myself that i really want to be is doing this or not doing this something that i'm going to regret is it something that i you know am letting fear of failure or whatever it is be a roadblock for me to actually do the thing that i'm really passionate about and so i think that's one thing that all of us can probably really get behind is just trying to make something of this life that we have of the time that we have. And so that was one thing that really came to mind when you first asked me that question.
0: You have a great post. I was looking through your Instagram. Um, it says something like uh, we all have two lives. Say the rest of it. Cause it was so good. I don't have it in front of me.
1: Um, yeah, it was a, uh, I think his name was, um, I think the audio is from uh, like Naval Ravikant. Um, and he said, we all have two lives. Um, the second one starts when you realize you only have one. Hmm. And I, And it's so true because when people come to see me, they realize what's important to them. And sometimes, and for a lot of those people, it's too late. And so the purpose of me starting the podcast and, all of this stuff was to really shift all of those lessons upstream 20, 30, 40 years so that we don't have to go through a traumatic event or the loss of a loved one or something even like COVID to make us take a step back and be like, oh my God, what's what's actually important to me and how do I want to spend my time?
0: And that was a big one. I know I saw um with COVID and I remember for me um after 9/11 that was a big shifter for me. I think probably if I think about the biggest those events that are life-changing, I think 9/11 and then the death of my father and then I think COVID to some extent, but um I did definitely see that shifting of people when you with COVID where you were like whoa, what's happening? And people starting to question what's important to me here. And, you know, what have I always wanted to do? And um, people are experimenting in their kitchens as well. It's like the perfect storm for starting a, a food business, especially.
1: <laughs> totally, totally. Yeah.
0: Do you think we're losing the lessons you, of like COVID? Like, is what happens there? Because I feel like at the beginning, you know, there was a big like people were like, yes, why? Why have I been spending all my time on this nine to five when I have this little passion over here I want to develop? But what do you do you think you're are you seeing that? I think that's such a great question. And it's really insightful,
1: too, because humans are so adaptable, right? Like something happens and it's this global pandemic and we're like, oh, my God, what do I do? I have to rethink everything. And then after two years, you're kind of just like, all right, well, this is the way that the world works, you know, and we get so used to it. And I think that's why I love talking about purpose and being intentional with everything that we're doing and really keeping these things at the forefront and keeping the end in mind, even though it's uncomfortable, even though we don't want to talk about it, because unless we're intentional. With these thoughts, with what we actually want to do and actually thinking about our life going forward, it's so easy to just get wrapped up in it and to just say, okay, well, you know, we're going to be half virtual and half in person. And, uh, you know, there's daycare pickups and I have to take care of my own health and all these things that are a necessary part of life. But if we just let it run without, knowing what we're actually doing without having a purpose, without having a deep, compelling why, then I think it's just like, okay, this is it. And this is my life. And, you know, that sort of thing. And so that was a great question because it's just so easy to get wrapped up in it and to lose sight of why you started doing this stuff in the first place, why there's a dream implanted in your head of starting a, you know, packaged food business, because not everyone wants to do that, right? No.
0: (laughs) I think people who come to me, like, they just kind of assume that everybody wants to do a business, like, and I'm like, no, you're, you're not. (laughs) This is not normal. Um, I mean, it's wonderful. And which is a great segue um, to talking about, like, when should you do it? Like, you have that little voice in your head. And, you know, you're an entrepreneur as well. You are um, a life coach and you coach high achieving women. And um, but you're also a doctor and you went to school for a really long time to do it. So how do you know if you should or how do you kind of take those first steps?
1: That's a great question. You know, um, what I realized for me because my identity was so wrapped up in my job, especially, you know, if your clients and your listeners have um, a nine to five that, you know, they went to school for or trained for or something like that, I my identity was so wrapped up in being a physician that when something goes wrong with that, like COVID, like, you know, whatever it was, it really just tore me up on the inside. And I think one thing is, is that a lot of people, even if, when you're in an entrepreneurial pursuit, when you're in the business, you know, a lot of people get wrapped up in being like, my business does well, I'm well, if my business does poorly, I'm not doing well. And it's so one of the things that I recommend is to one, Whether you're starting a business, whether you're thinking about it, whether you're in your own job, is to have more of an identity that's beyond what you're doing, beyond what you're trying to create. You're not your job, you're not your business. And so that's one thing to help with that. And the other thing is there's no should, right? Mm -hmm. There's no when should I do it? Am I too old? Am I too young? Do I not know enough? one thing that I see so commonly with my patients is that like they come to the end of their life and they're just like, you know, there was no way I could have predicted the course of my life. There was no way I could have just been like, oh, that was the path. And of course, you know, like, et cetera, et cetera. There's no step. There's no syllabus, let's say, in entrepreneurial Pursuits. (laughs) pursuits. <laughs> right? Like no. I went to med school, I passed my classes, there's a syllabus, you do that, you graduate, you get a degree, but there there's no there's none of that in in business. And I think for a lot of people that's so scary because they don't know how. They don't know the way and they let that be so paralyzing that they don't even start. And I, there's this quote that I love by um, E.L. Doctorow, and he he wrote, uh, I think it was written about um, writing a novel, but it's basically like, you know how when you're driving at night, uh, you can only see as far as your headlights, but you can make the entire trip that way, right? And so it, that applies to anything just beyond writing a novel You may not know what the entire path of starting a packaged food business is, but if you just know the next step, if you just know the next step and you do that and you do that, that will take you further than you can ever imagine and then get the help, you know, hire coaches and, you know, talk to people in the industry, surround yourself with a community that is, you know, so, so important, but there's no should. If you feel that there's something there, if you feel a calling, it was put into your head, into your heart for a reason, whether you want to call it God, the universe, that sort of thing, you know? So if you think about it, if you keep thinking about it, just make some moves, do some research, get the courses, learn and take it from there.
0: It's so amazing. I mean, life in general even though we try to plan it and some people are, you know, very like, I'm going to go to school. I'm going to get this degree. I'm going to be a lawyer. I'm going to be a doctor, <laughs> be a, a professor, whatever it is. And they think like, I think as humans, we like predictability, right? We're trying to put everything in a little box. Um, and then uh, it can be a little bit, yeah. Nerve wracking to think, well, I'm going to throw all that out the window or or do anything like that. But to start a business, but I think um life in general, like life throws us curveballs all the time, right? From COVID to um to somebody in our family getting sick or um, you know, kids <laughs> are a big one that like really throw your life into uh, a lot of curveballs. So yeah, I mean, we all have this opportunity to look back on our life and say, you know even though I tried to plan it, like it was this big, giant roller coaster of ups and downs and things that I never could have predicted, but layer on entrepreneurship. And that's a whole other level. (laughs) It's a whole other choice of saying, I'm going to choose a life that is like, you know, our coach likes to say "What, what you get the gift of how at the end, like you just don't know. Yes.
1: Exactly, exactly. And it's just part of being human, right? It's There are challenges every single day, and especially being a business owner. It's so like, you know, one day you're like, okay, cool. I learned this. And the next, you're just like, I have no freaking idea (laughs) what I'm doing. Why did I start this? Why did I get myself into this? I must be, you know, a glutton for punishment. But I think, you know, one other thing that I wanted to share was knowing your why and your purpose is so, so key that having a strong and compelling why will get you through so many downtimes, so many challenges. And, you know, I was thinking about it, food, you know, it's so easy when we're in our business or whatever it is, it's so easy to just be like, I'm whatever, a life coach, or I'm in the packaged food business or that sort of thing. But if you step back and you like, why did I really get into this in the first place? You know, let's say, for example, for your clients, food is not just food, right? It's food is nourishment. Food is sustenance. Food is nutrition. Food is connection. Yeah. Food is love. And I think it's really easy to get down in the weeds of it and just be like, I just need to find, you know, a good manufacturer or like, I just need to get this yep. to market or I just need to get in in whole foods. But you know, it, if you can find, remember why you're doing this and make that super strong, super compelling, that's going to get you through so many, so many tough times.
0: Uh, yeah. I mean, I say that all the time. You got to know your why and, how do you define purpose or how would you kind of if somebody was like, I don't know, what's my purpose? <laughs> I'm not quite sure. Mm. So the
1: it's simple, but it's not easy easy to execute. For me, the purpose of anyone's life is to just be the most authentic and best version of yourself. Mm-hmm. And the way that I see that is Yeah, I I use this example. I have a hairstylist who just loves hair. She is so obsessed with it. She goes to conferences all the time. She talks about color, cut, styles, whatever. And by her being so authentic to herself and what her passions are, she is able to have an impact on her clients and on the world and how people see themselves and that sort of thing. And you think, oh, it's just hair or whatever. But you know, to her. That is what she can bring to the world. And I think it's the same thing for anyone else, whether I'm in medicine, whether I'm coaching, whether your clients are doing their own thing or, you know, they're trying to bring a product to market. If you can be authentic to your values, your integrity, what's important to you, and then live your life in that way, that I think is the easiest way, the fastest way to figure out your purpose. And I think a lot of people are like, what is it? What is it? What is it? Purpose isn't something that is found for me in in what I've seen. Purpose is created. You can't just think your way to what your purpose is. You need to do things. You need to go out there. You need to experiment. You need to try all sorts of different experiences so that when you get to the end and you're able to look back, that's when people are like, oh, I know why I was here. I know why, because when you're living through it, it's hard to be able to sort that out. It's only when you're able to have the gift of retrospection, of looking back, that's when you really know. Mm
0: -hmm. But the
1: purpose of your life is to do as much as you can that is aligned with who you are to be able to then have so many experiences at the end to look back and be like, oh yeah, that's why I was here.
0: Oh, I love that because I really struggled. And I'm sure other people feel that way too, where I just struggle. I'm like, what's my purpose? What's my purpose? Like, I feel like my whole 20s and 30s were (laughs) running around feeling so distraught and so like suffering so much because I was trying to find my purpose. And I think there was a shift in my 40s where it was like, yeah, you have the a little bit longer, (laughs) you know, lens to look back on your life, but also realizing like, you know, why am I trying to, I was trying to find that one thing, like, you know, if I become a doctor then or whatever, you know, I want that like thing that is, you know, I watch my brother be very like, um, you know, I'm an engineer, I'm a computer scientist. This is what I do. And that goes actually back to your, your statement earlier about your identity. And when you wrap up your identity so much in your, in, in your work, you know, your title, Um, that that's where it can get really tricky because I was looking for it out there and then kind of realizing like, wait, it's, I just want to contribute and I want to use my gifts and, and I know other people are feeling that way too. And so I think that's such a good way to look at purpose.
1: Yeah. And I think, you know, purpose, like you said, it, it comes in phases. I like to think of life as chapters, Mm. you know, when we're in our twenties and thirties, We have a certain way of living and thinking, and that isn't always the same as when we're in our 40s, 50s, and 60s and beyond. So it's okay to have, you know, one chunk of your life and be like, the purpose of my 20s was to do this or to study or to, you know, learn or just hang out with my friends or whatever it is. And then to, be like, okay, well, I'm in a different phase of life. I'm in a different chapter of my life. And now my purpose is maybe to do this, to be a parent or to start a business or to, you know, contribute and teach the younger generation, whatever it is. And so it, it, I don't think it sh- needs to be this one thing for your entire life. It
0: should be more mutable and flexible. I was listening to a podcast. Um, with the, uh, I guess the editor of entrepreneur magazine. And he was talking about that too, about people who did, um, who actually thrived with COVID were ones that weren't so attached to their identity that it was like, you know, instead of like, I'm a doctor, that's all I know. That's what I am. It was like, you know, I serve people like people who had a bigger mission and bigger purpose. Like I'm here to help people and contributing, you know, things like that versus like this one function. So I think for people listening, you know, it's the difference between I make salsa like to like, I am, you know, helping people um, have a better experience, you know, create connection, things like that, where you can do that no matter what's going on in the outside world.
1: Exactly, just reframing it into something that's more powerful and compelling, right? You, yeah. You're you're giving people energy to be able to do the things that they really want to do, and doing it in a way that's nutritious and, you know, sustainable or whatever it is that's important to you. And so, yeah, that reframe and the mindset is so so important.
0: I know one of the things that comes up for people, especially you know, I do work with a lot of people who have nine to five jobs and again, things they've trained for and spent a lot of um, investment in. Um, how can, how do I say this? Let's say in, in, from your experience, like, let's say your business as an entrepreneur quote unquote fails, right. Or like you decide to shut it down. How, how can we look at that? Cause I think people are so worried about that, right? Like yeah, but what if I start it and it fails? It doesn't do, you know, doesn't live up to the expectations. Um, and but how do you think that that makes us a better person? Like, how are you a better person just because of the pursuit of it? And even a better doctor, better mother, a better yeah <laughs> better spouse.
1: There's a lot to unpack there, and uh, that's such a great question because it's one of the biggest reasons why people don't start is just the fear, right? Yeah. And I think a lot of times, you know, one thing that helped me was to think like, okay, well, what if it doesn't work out? And the other, on the flip side is like, well, what if it does? So that's nice. But then some people are like, no, no, no. But what if it really doesn't work out? And there's this um, there's this video clip of Oprah. She's one of my idols, um, I think on 60 Minutes. And it was back in like the 80s or 90s, like when she was really first starting, I think um, the Oprah Winfrey show. And they were asking her, you know, what you're doing this, it's new, et cetera. Uh, What if it doesn't work out? Um, What if it doesn't do well? Uh, And she says, well, then I will be okay. Mm -hmm. I will still be fine. And it, you know, because she says that my worth isn't defined by how well a show does, my worth isn't defined by whether people tune in. And so that for me was just so. So amazing to really be like, okay, how can I detach my own self-worth from the consequences, from the results, from the outcome? And being able to have that kind of distance from it. And again, just being like, you're not your business. You are an entrepreneur. You're a business owner. You are not this thing that you've created. Like it's a part of you. It's part of your story. And What you're doing in the world, but that is not the only reason why you exist. Um, And so I think one is really detaching yourself from those results and having a strong sense of yourself. And then the other thing, I interview a lot of people who have gone through challenges and things like that. And they all say that I would never, I would never wish what I went through on my worst enemy but they all say it has made me a stronger person it has made me the person who i am today and so i think that's a really great lesson to just be like you know what these pursuits they are ways to build character right um i think sylvia platt said uh i love rejections rejections for me are a sign of action right mm. if something fails it means i did something quote unquote fails because failures you know how we perceive things but it it's you're not going to be able to learn by just sitting there thinking about it dreaming of owning a packaged food business you have to go out there and try and do and you're going to you know come up with hardships you're going to come against obstacles it's really trusting in your own resourcefulness and saying, I may not know the right way because there may not be a right way, but I trust that no matter what happens, I will be able to deal with it in a way that is
0: you know, true to who I am and that makes sense for me. In coaching, we talk about having your own back. So going into an endeavor, so if anybody's listening you're like, maybe I'm thinking about this, like deciding ahead of time that you are going to, like, no matter what happens, you're going to learn from it. I mean, you're basically saying you're inviting in hardship. <laughs> um, anybody who thinks like I will just make my coffee or my kombucha or whatever, and it's just going to you know create this amazing profitable business without me having to do any work, that would be unrealistic. So you're you're inviting in hardship by by becoming an entrepreneur, which are all the things that help help build our character and create a more rewarding and rich life too. And we're deciding ahead of time like no matter what the outcome, I'm okay. Just like you mentioned Oprah said. Just so good. Exactly. And I love um, you know, you were just interviewing Justin
1: from, you know, Justin's and I love um that story and I also really love Sarah Blakely from Spanx like her yes. journey too because you just listen to them and they like how many roadblocks were in their path, right? Just, you know, even for Justin to just like, okay, um, you won't, you won't let me be in whole foods. Like I will stock it myself. Like you won't let me do that. I will just, I'll come and do whatever it takes. Right. Like I'm going to give out samples. I'm going to do this. And it is a tough, tough journey. And, you know, at the same time, it is so worth it. Like if you f- genuinely feel that your product is going to impact people's lives and your product is going to help people, then you also, you almost have like a moral duty to be able to do everything within your power to get that product in someone's hands. Yeah, Right. If Sarah Blakely hadn't been like, I'm convinced that this product is going to you know, help women with their confidence and, you know, help them look better and feel better, then we wouldn't have Spanx. We wouldn't have that product that for so many people is like a total necessity. And it's the mm-hmm. same thing with the foods that we eat, the, you know, drinks that we consume. So, you know, for anyone who is out there just being like, oh, I don't know, I'm scared. If you truly believe in your product, then you have to do it. You, you know, you have to do it because there are going to be people out there who need it.
0: And life is going to keep giving you the lessons to learn, whether you, <laughs> you, you know, shove that little thought, that little nudge down, down deep. I think life will continue to give you the, <laughs> give you those lessons to learn. And they may be things that you don't choose as much. And I think being an entrepreneur at the very least helps build your resilience and in, in life in general. I I know for me I feel like I can roll with things so much easier <laughs> through the through the lessons of entrepreneurship. Totally, I just I feel like I'm a stronger person because of
1: it. And you know, I I as a kid, my dad was always like, "You are so." like in a sense, you know, soft, um, because I I'm so emotional and I cried everything and he's just like, fuck up, you know? (laughs) Um, and, and now I'm able to, you know, just take things
0: with a grain of salt and let it, let it roll. How, in addition to making decisions, um, I do think regret is a very powerful tool. Um, to use, not to beat ourselves up, but to, to look back or, you know, say, would I regret not doing this? Um, Cause I think in that book, um, Daniel Pink, and I would imagine your experience as well um, talks about, you know, we generally don't regret the things um, that we tried, even if they failed, we regret the things that we didn't try at all. Didn't put any effort. Is that kind of been your experience as you worked with people? Yeah, totally. Um, you know, no one
1: ever gets to the end of life and like, I'm so glad that I, you know, spent 40 years at a job that I didn't like, um, doing things that weren't fulfilling to me. Mm-hmm. Everyone always says like, oh, I'm so glad that I took that trip that I've always wanted to take and crossed that off my bucket list. Um, I'm so glad that I tried. I'm so glad that I lived. I'm so glad that I, my heart because otherwise I never would have been able to experience love and that sort of thing. And so, you know, I, I like to think of regret also for the things that maybe we've made mistakes in the past, it, not to think of regret as like, oh, I'm going to beat myself up. But to think about it as like, okay, if I regret something, or I think I'm going to regret something, what's the lesson that I can learn from it? What's the lesson in that experience or that missed opportunity that I can apply to my life moving forward. Cause it's not about, like you said, putting yourself down and being negative. It's about using it as a tool to inform your decisions going forward and to enrich your life in a positive way, keeping that in mind.
0: It just popped into my head that like how we are compassionate with ourselves in this moment now about past things is going to, like if we're totally beating ourselves up on a past decision, then yeah, of course, it's going to be a lot scarier to start something because however you're feeling right now, you're projecting that you're going to feel that way you know, if you do this riskier thing and it fails, right? Versus like, we can use regret and in the moment of like giving ourselves a lot more compassion and learning the lesson, but then also saying, and I'm human, like I make mistakes. You're kind of training yourself, you're teaching, you know, you're like reassuring yourself that in the future, if you do this riskier thing that you'll be kind to yourself. (laughs) Yeah,
1: 100%. And, you know, we all make mistakes. That's just a part of life. It's a part of, like you said, being human and the human experience. And we have the opportunity that if we were burned in the past to learn from it and be like, okay, well, maybe it wasn't me per se, but maybe it was, you know, how I went about it or the partner that I chose or, you know, whatever it is, is to think back and be like, okay, how can I make this better for next time so that it isn't as risky or so that doesn't go under? Um, And, you know, that's something that we can all do.
0: You know, we talked about like the experience that you're going to look back on and it's going to be ups and downs. And, you know, you are basically inviting in a little more hardship and opportunities to build resilience. But, I think on the first few years of my journey, um, before finding some of these life coaching tools that I use now, um, I was like, I mean, my whole identity was wrapped up in it. My, the achievement, it was kind of miserable and, it was not really i was not having any fun for sure <laughs> it was like um really motivating myself with self loathing you know the future i'm going to beat myself up if i don't do this perfectly in this way um and this can go for life in general too not just a business but what are some strategies to kind of enjoy that roller coaster of life that we end up living um and like I said, inviting more more of that in um, being an entrepreneur. But from your experience, yeah, what are some things, some tools yeah. and strategies?
1: A hundred percent. So,
0: you know, one thing that I love about my field
1: in hospice and palliative care is that we really take self care very, very seriously. And especially in medicine, you know, uh, there was something that I'd never really seen a lot because. And it makes sense. We deal with very challenging, emotional, distressing, uncomfortable situations, a lot of anger, a lot of sadness and all this stuff. So for us, self-care is the vehicle by which we deliver better care to our patients. Mm -hmm. And I think that can be applied to our own lives. I think self-care has become this thing where it's like, oh, you know, if you just get some massages or (laughs) you know, Take a bath, <laughs> right, and have a nice green smoothie, and go to yoga class. That you know, it's going to solve everything. And not to say that there's not utility in those. We have to do some of those things. But I think self care is also things like setting boundaries and also you know making time for the things that are important to us that may not be our business. It's so easy to just when we have free time, just be like, I'm going to hustle, I'm going to grind, and I'm going to work on the business. And then, you know, a year, a few months, whatever it is, you're just like, I'm so burnt out. Like, I hate how I feel doing this, even though I want to be doing it. I just hate like the process of it. And you don't want to be operating and owning a business from that standpoint. And you don't want to live your life that way. And so I like to think about time uh, in the sense that like, if we, how you spend your time is how you live your life, right? If we want our life to be fulfilling and meaningful and fun and adventurous and amazing, then we have to spend our time doing things that are fun, amazing, meaningful, adventurous, and all of those things. And so it's, it's really, again, going back to aligning our life with our values, aligning our decisions with what's important to us rather than you know, being taken along for the ride, actually putting yourself in the driver's seat and saying like, these are the choices that I'm going to make. And because it's important to me and this is how I want to spend my time. This is how I want to live my life. I love that. That's so
0: good. Kind of the analogy I've heard a lot recently of like, you know, it's like getting in your car and then you just hit the gas but you're not steering it right and you're just like life is just gonna like none of us would do that right it's gonna be terrible (laughs) so it's making decisions about what we want and you know I don't know I'm curious like I think sometimes when we talk about death and and the work that you do it people get nervous like well I don't want to be thinking about death all the time and it's so morbid, but. How do you incorporate some of these, you know, what you see where you're not like super morbid, but you're actually using it to create create more decisions that are aligned with your purpose?
1: Mm-hmm. That's a great question because I think we're such a death avoidance society in general. Um, and we we avoid things that we don't want to think about or are uncomfortable that are not even death. Um, and you know. Probably, I, I imagine some of your listeners when they see this episode come out, they're just gonna be like, "What does you know palliative care and and you know thinking about the end of life have to do with a packaged food business?" And I get it. But I think it's also a testament to you to be like, actually, you know you there's inherent value in these lessons. they are they are applicable. They are kind of some undeniable truths about living. Um, whether it's personal or business or whatever it is, and so you know, I, I think it's just normalizing that every second of every day, whether we want to believe it, whether we want to think about it or not, people die, and people are born, and people get sick and people have accidents, and it's not to just let it. Weigh you down because if you want to, you can. You can just be like, oh my God, it's so awful. You know, there's so much death and it's so much suffering and I can't deal with it. Or you can make the decision using mindset, using your life coaching skills and all that stuff to say, I accept that that is a common human element that we're all going to have to go through that one day. And I'm allowed to hold space for both of those, right? I'm allowed to recognize that that is true and I'm also allowed to use it to inform how I live my life. It's not one or the other. Mm. It's being okay with having both. And that's not easy for a lot of people because we're trained to be so black and white that it's either gotta be this or that. And so holding space for both of those, I think is a really great way to be able to move forward knowing and keeping that in mind
0: yeah the power of and (laughs) so i have it here in my office yes it's a hard lesson for me i don't i i'm very black and white so reminding yeah having those constant reminders that you can be having yeah just that and that both both can be true yeah and i uh I think I've mentioned in some previous podcasts, but I do something Dinesh actually taught me, um, uh, a coach colleague of ours that uh, basically, you know, multiplied my, like how long I think I'm going to live for and got the number of days. And I just remind myself of that every day, not in a morbid way, but I have a (laughs) a countdown and, you know, I mean, and that's best case scenario, but I think as humans we want to like there's that we want certainty right and we we couldn't have uncertainty every day we couldn't be like oh my gosh today could be the day and like live in that anxiety every day um we need a certain amount of like I'm going to wake up the next day I'm going to have my coffee like but but at the same time like nothing is certain um and so I remind myself of just not in a super like anxiety uh, provoking way, but just saying like, life is precious. Life is short. And I have fewer days left um, in, in front of me than I do behind me. It's wild. Yeah. <laughs> and um, it's so true. Um, and, you know, people are like, live your,
1: live your, you know, live every day as if it's your last. And I, I get the sentiment, but also on a practical manner, like if today literally was my last day, I would not go to work. <laughs> I would not, <laughs> you know, like do laundry. I would not do some of the things that we need to do. And so it's, it's like you said, it's being intentional and mm-hmm. just being like, okay, I I have that in mind and I'm going to use it. Um, not necessarily to make myself feel bad, but to just like do things that I'm not going to regret not doing.
0: I didn't realize I, was, I wanted to ask you this question. Um, it's a little bit not quite on entrepreneurship but i do have a a number of clients um and people in food business success who um either uh, a parent has died or has gotten sick um you know there's that real life tragedies that happen and i i'm just curious what you um from your your point of view what are some tools or how could people see you know when they're in it when they're going through it um yeah, what do you what do you recommend for people who are you know, have lost some something or so like coping mechanisms for grief and that sort yeah. of thing?
1: Yeah. Yeah. I mean, grief is this grief is so difficult because everyone experiences it and deals with it in a different way. Um the 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 framework what I like to say about grief is that like when you lose someone like, and you're fresh in it, grief is this very, it's like this all encompassing thing. Like you can't see anything beyond it. Right. It, it It's like your entire world is just shattered. And this, there's this like orb of presence of something around you. And you feel as though it's never going to get better. Like you're mm-hmm. always going to be in it. And then, you know. That grief and what you're feeling, I kind of think about it as like a, a circle or an orb. Like the size of that never really goes away. Like people don't get past it. You just kind of move forward with it. And the thing is that at, with time, even though the size of that grief is still present in your life, your life experiences and with time, all the other things in your life grow around it so your life kind of expands around grief rather mm. than your grief gets smaller because I think for a lot of people it's like oh you know like if I if I don't feel bad or if I don't think about this person then it means I've forgotten them or something like that and that's not the case it's just that it is not occupying as big of um, part of your life as it was when it was fresh when it just happened and so you know that's how I like to think about grief is that like life is going to expand around it. And there's so many resources that people can go to, you know, it's really easy to shut down and say like, I don't want, I just want to deal with this myself and that's okay. But you know, also there are so many people who are also going through the same exact thing. Again, it is a universal human experience. No one is alone in dealing with grief and the effects of it. And so, you know, I would also say, find a community, talk to people. Um, there's a, there's, I think, um, for young people, I think it's called the dinner club for people who are young, like twenties and thirties who've lost either a friend or a parent or someone like that, because, you know, as we get towards midlife, it's more common for us to lose someone, um, just because of age, but to do it at a young age, I think is a different experience for Mm -hmm. a lot of people. Um, and you know, you can probably uh, relate. So, um, I think that that's something to keep in mind that it's, you're not alone in dealing with it.
0: Thank you for that. I think, I think what I'm seeing is like, there's like a lot of guilt too of like, Oh, but I should be doing my business or I'm behind now, or you know i'm not where i you know i set this goal but now life happened this tragedy happened and and then there's a yeah a lot of self shaming and guilt around that and so i would just offer that you know having compassion and as somebody who has gone through some of that those tragedies and i think we all have to some extent but um you know not making big decisions in the moment having self compassion and realizing that like it will get easier, better. You know, I love that idea of that your life expands because that's definitely how I see my life. Like that grief will always be there and my life expands around it. I know that has certainly been my experience with it as well.
1: Yeah. Yeah. And, and once I came upon
0: that framework, I was like, oh, yeah, that is spot on. Yeah. It's very, very, uh, yeah, very accurate. Well, this has been an amazing conversation. I've really enjoyed it. And I know uh, I think it's going to be really helpful for people either trying to decide if they should follow that little voice that's nudging them, um, you know, how to uh, deal with when you are, you know, facing loss of somebody or in grief. Um, and being kind to yourself and all of these tools and and lessons. Is there anything else that you want to be sure you mention? And, and then I'd love for you to share where people can find you as well. The final thing is like, if you are thinking about it, if you're on the
1: fence, just go and do it. It, it just, it's so worth it because you will discover parts of yourself that you never thought you you had, you will discover things about yourself that on the journey of being an entrepreneur that you wouldn't have expected. And it's so scary, but it is so, so worth it. You know, be grateful for the time that you have. Every day above ground to me is a good day, no matter what it brings. And so make the most of the, your time while you have it. Um, I'm, I'm at the purpose filter on Instagram at purpose filter on
0: Instagram. My podcast is the purpose filter. so good. Yeah. Your podcast is amazing. So thank you for putting that out in the world and sharing that. Thank you for having me. It's been such a blast. Thank you, Sarah. This is one of those podcasts. I would love to get your feedback on to hear if it made a shift in you and maybe eased, some things a little bit, gave you a little bit more clarity, a little more, I don't know, just awareness or tuning in. I, I know that these conversations really do that for me as well. And, and Kathy's podcast is just phenomenal. So don't forget to get registered for the Hard Times Ahead call. It's totally free. And I'm just really want to be there for you and give you some tools and strategies both in how to manage your business so you can keep it going long-term and set yourself up for success, even during hard times. And just caveat, when are there not hard times? (laughs) But that's okay. We're going to talk about it. I know it feels extra, extra, extra lately. And I'm going to give you some mindset strategies as well. So be sure to tune into that. It's going to be a game changer foodbizsuccess.com forward slash hard times until next time, have an amazing week. The smartest thing you can do as an entrepreneur is to invest in a who to help you with the how to speed up your journey and help you skip the line. When you are ready for more support and accountability to finally get this thing done, you can work with me in two ways. Get me all to yourself with one-on-one business coaching or join food business success, which includes membership inside fuel, our community of food business founders that includes monthly live group coaching calls and so much more. It's one of my favorite places to hang out and I would love to see you there. Go to foodbizsuccess.com to start your journey towards your own food business success.